Amen. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Man, the music was so good today. Thank you, Emily and Maureen, for the work. Sound guys, I appreciate it. You guys need to know that everywhere I go and preach, people talk about um, the video that they watch online, and what a blessing that is that you guys do that work. So thank you for doing that. Acts chapter 5, we're going through Acts chapter 5, the beginning, or the book of Acts, the beginning of our story, and following Acts chapter 4 with the healing of the lame man, the disciples have been told not to preach, yet they do, and so they are imprisoned. And look at Acts chapter 5. And verse 14, and believers were the more added to the Lord, both or to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow, at the least shadow of Peter's passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. We looked at all of that last week. Look at verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought When the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Lord, help us as we do this detailed study today. Father, I pray that It helps to open the understanding of your people and brings glory to you and your word, Lord. Help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be quite as preachy. We're going to do a Bible study today. And if you look with me at verse 18, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. So we want to look at this angel of the Lord. Who is this angel of the Lord in Scripture? I make reference to this often about who this is. But it has been years and years since we actually went through the Scriptures and identified it. And I don't think I've ever done it in this way. I'm very thankful for the people that God has brought into my life and that's helped Grace Baptist Church. So whether it's Brother Knox, we looked at some of his materials in the morning hour, God, he, God has given him such a great mind, and he's put the time together to, to print and publish materials that help us. My friend Lawrence Vance, every time I do a history of the English Bible, it's basically Lawrence Vance light. And I'm very thankful for the amazing mind God has given him, the labor that he has put in 
But he also wrote a book called The Angel of the Lord. The Angel of the Lord, we have it in our bookstore if you're interested in it. And he goes through every use of the angel of the Lord in Scripture to identify who it is. Who is this angel of the Lord? He wrote that in 1994. I think I read it pretty close to that, 1994, 1995. He's just re-released re it again. Re-released it again. He has just re-released it. And it, it's a phenomenal work. Today, So I want us to look at some things. We're going to talk about angels, and then we're going to look at the specific designation of the angel of the Lord. So the term angel is used 297 times in the Bible in 283 verses. By the way, you're going to need a Bible. So if you don't have one in front of you, um, there's a, there should be one under the chair in front of you, and um, you're going to want a Bible. If you use it on your phone, maybe you can keep up. I hope that you can, but we're going to be looking at some scriptures and seeing what the Bible says about it. So the, the word angel is used 297 times in 283 verses. The specific title, the angel of the Lord, is used 59 times. So when the Bible is describing an angel or putting a descriptor on an angel, this angel of the Lord is the most frequent one. So what's repetition in the Bible? God's volume control. And it is interesting that angels are not explained in the Bible. Their existence is assumed. And an angel did this, and an angel did that, and an angel, but it doesn't describe who these angels are or where they came from. We know that they're created because the Bible says of Lucifer, in the day that thou wast created, in Ezekiel chapter 28. So angels are created beings. We know that according to Job 38, 7, that the angels were present when God laid the foundation of the earth. Because remember, God asks Job, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth when all the sons of God shouted for joy? So all of the angels had already been created by the time God laid the foundation of the earth. When did he do that? Well, somewhere after in the beginning. Other than that, the Bible does not tell us. We know that they're created beings, and we know that they were already in existence when God laid the foundation of the earth. Other than that, we don't know when God created them, but we do know that they are created. Listen to the different designations of angels in the Bible. So, angel is one of them. The angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord is used nine times in eight verses. So, the angel of the Lord and an angel of the Lord. Then the angel of God. Is that different? How about God's holy angel or the holy angels? There's another mighty angel or mighty angels that's used three times. This one's this one stumps some people, the elect angels. That's only used one time in 1 Timothy 5:21. There's another unique usage Used just used once, the evil angels. Evil angels. And that is in Psalm 78, 49. Now, I'm just going to be giving you a lot of information today. This is one that you're going to want to go back over and make some notes and think about it and look these up in the Scriptures. It will get a little bit more interesting than me reading this list, I hope. Another usage, the ninth usage, is a strong angel. That's just used once, Revelation 
5.2, and that's Jesus. How about archangel? Have you heard archangel? But you know that's only used twice in the Bible. That phrase archangel is only used twice in the Bible. Uh, it, and it's Michael. One time it actually identifies it as Michael. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 and Jude 1.9. The archangel, and one time, just the, one time it's the archangel Michael. And then it speaks of God, his angels, Psalm 148.2. Jesus and his angels, you know, Jesus Christ returns, Jesus and his angels to bring vengeance on the earth. How about the devil and his angels in Matthew 25.41. And then the Bible talks about Michael and his angels. So under the his angels, you have God and his angels, Jesus and his angels, the devil and his angels, Michael and his angels. And then the Bible talks about children and how don't, don't offend one of these little ones for their angels appear before me every day. And that's where that concept of the guardian angel comes from. And so what do you think that means? Well, I think it means that for children, that their angel appears before God's face every day. I think that's what it means. Do you know why I think that's what it means? Because that's what it says. What else does it mean? I don't know. Because it doesn't say anything else about that. But isn't that an interesting thing? The number of angels. The Bible says, uses the word innumerable, and yet the Bible says that God knows how many there are. Do you know what I think that means? God's better at math than me. This, all this information about angels in the study of theology, there's a really creative name for this subject. It's called angelology. And it's so interesting when you start reading through all this information and all, it's just all different things that, that I had never thought about. What's the purpose of angels? Let's, let's look up some passages. What are the, what's the purpose of angels? Look at Psalm 103 in verse 20. I've actually been kind of stressed this week because I announced I was going to do this today and then I started studying it again and I realized how big this topic is. So we'll see how this turns out. Look at Psalm 103 and look at verse 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments hearkening unto the voice of of his word. So the, the first thing that angels are supposed to do is they're to bless the Lord. They're to, they're to worship the Lord. But not only do they worship the Lord, they serve the Lord. Verse 20 again, bless the Lord, ye, ye his angels that excel in strength and that do his commandments. The Bible in the book of Hebrews says, in quoting the book of Psalms, says that angels are his ministering spirits, that they are sent so we learn a couple of things about angels, that they are spirits and that they're ministering spirits sent from God. That's, that's, what, that's what they are to do. So when Jesus Christ was in the wilderness, angels tended to Jesus. They are ministering spirits. Not only that, but they are to praise him. Look at Psalm 148 too. Verse 1, Psalm 148, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. 
Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. When you see the Lord of hosts, we learned this in our Zechariah study, that's Jesus Christ leading his host into battle. But here, the purpose of the angels is to praise God. And when we picture Jesus Christ, when we see the picture of Jesus Christ in heaven, in Revelation chapter 5, the angels are surrounding him, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When we see the picture of Jesus Christ, the Lord on his throne, in Isaiah chapter 6, the cherubim are saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of hosts. And so, the purpose of the angels is serving God, Worshiping God, but not only that, they are to bring God pleasure. Look at Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, look at verse 11. We've already established that angels are created beings. Revelation chapter 4, look at verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Hey, folks, is he worthy of that? Amen. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created what? And for thy pleasure they are and were created. So angels are included in the created universe, in the created world, and they are created to bring God pleasure. So that is what they are to do. Serve God. Worship God and bring him pleasure. That's their, that's their purpose. But this specific being, the angel of the Lord, what about this specific being? Now, he is described, and the description is always the same for the angel of the Lord. So I want us to look these up. Look at Genesis 32, 24. What's repetition in the Bible? God's volume control. Genesis 32, you know, this is the when Jacob wrestled with the angel. We'll look at this some more here in a little while, Lord willing. Verse 24, and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled. What are those next two words? Everyone, what is it? A man with him until the breaking of the day. That's the description. Look at Joshua 5.13. Joshua 5.13. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua chapter 5. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood what? A man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, art thou for us or for our adversaries? Now, can you imagine what Joshua just did? He just confronted the angel of the Lord. Now, imagine what that looked like. The angel of the Lord standing there with a sword in his hand. He looked like a man. He looked like a man. Look at Judges chapter 13 and verse 6. That's the next book, Joshua Judges. 
So this is the parents of Samson, Joshua 13 and verse 6. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, what's the next two words? Everybody there? Judges 13 and verse 6. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, what does it say? A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told me, neither told he me his name. Look at Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah, where do we find that? What's it? What is it? Second to the last book of the Old Testament. You all let me down right there. Failed in my ministry. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I preached through the book of Zechariah and probably said that a thousand times. Zechariah chapter 1. And look at verse 8. I saw by night, and behold, what are those next two words? A man riding upon a red horse, and he stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom, and behind him were there red horses speckled and white. Then said I, O my Lord, what are these? All right, so this angel of the Lord, and in that context we would see it was the angel of the Lord. In each of these cases, the angel of the Lord appears as a man. He appears as a man. Um, what, what about his demeanor? How does he behave himself? I want to read this to you. This is from Dr. Vance's book. And one of the first things that you can tell this is an unusual being is he can appear and disappear. Wouldn't that be cool? I think it would be so awesome. Just boom, there I am. I find out somebody's talking about the preacher. Boom, there I am. Hi. How you doing? Wouldn't that be awesome? What were you saying? What's going on? How many of you are glad that I cannot do that? Oh, man. But this is what, this is what the angel of the Lord can do. And I'm just going to read to you um, what he would do. So he appeared as an adversary to Balaam in Numbers 22, an encourager to Gideon in Judges 12, a wrestler to Jacob in Genesis 32, an officer to Joshua in Joshua chapter 5, and a cook and an informant to Elijah. Elijah hides under a juniper tree, and he just lies down. He wants to die. And next thing you know, the angel of the Lord is shaking him awake and has prepared food and had water there for him. The angel of the Lord had cooked for Elijah. Remember when Jesus came after his resurrection and made breakfast for his disciples. You know what I love about that? I love about that, that we're going to get to eat in the future. Isn't that cool? This is what the Lord is doing for us. So he was a cook and an encourager to Elijah. He was a prophet to Hagar. He was, and to, and to Manoah's wife and to Matthew. He was a leader in, in Exodus 14, 19, and a commander to the children of Israel, but was also their rebuker in Judges chapter 2. He was a destroyer to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Look at this. Look at First Chronicles 21. I want you to see this. First Chronicles 21. Look at verse 15. 
verse 14 for the beginning of the paragraph. Um, you've heard me use the analogy that some people think of Jesus as a Mr. Rogers type character. And then someone said, why would anyone want to kill Mr. Rogers? You're going to see who Jesus is right here. Verse 14. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel, and there fell of Israel 70,000 men. And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented of the evil, and said to the angel that destroyed, It is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between the earth and the heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel who were clothed in sackcloth fell upon their faces. That's the angel of the Lord. Not only is he seen as a judge, he was a destroyer of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He was an assassin to the Assyrians and an executioner to Herod in Acts chapter 12. The angel of the Lord was an antagonist to David's persecutors in Psalm 35 and a deliverer to them that fear God in Psalm 34. Three times we are told the angel of the Lord had a sword in his hand. No wonder men were afraid of him. In fact, Gideon thought that he would die because he saw him in Judges chapter 2. This is who the angel of the Lord is. This is the description of the angel of the Lord in Scripture. What about his abilities? Well, we just saw it. Look at verse Second Chronicles, I'm sorry, First Chronicles 21. Look at verse 16. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and the heaven. I kind of have always thought of that as him just like right here. No. Picture him filling heaven and earth. The ability to appear like that. No wonder he thought he was going to die. It's amazing. His abilities. Listen to what else he could do. Um, he was able to disappear. We were talking about that. Both Manoah and his wife experienced that. But he also appeared physically, evidently out of nowhere to Balaam and his ass. And it's interesting, Balaam's ass could see him before Balaam could see him. Man, I just read that story this morning. It's funny. Because what happens is Balaam is going to go and disobey God, what God had told him. And so the angel of the Lord appears with his sword drawn in the middle of the street. And the ass could see him, but Balaam couldn't. So the ass turned into a side alley that was a hedge. And then there was a wall. And when he turned again, the angel of the Lord stood in front of the wall. The angel of the Lord's moving in front of this, this ass. And Balaam starts beating his ass. Three times he did that. And he turned him and... The Lord had him drive him into a wall, crushed his leg in the wall. And then the, the, then the donkey just got tired of it and just sat down with Balaam on top of him. And Balaam's hitting him, trying to get him to stand up. And then the Lord revealed to Balaam. And he said, why did you 
why did you beat the ass three times? And he said, well, if I had known, I wouldn't have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He said, that, that, that ass, that's the only reason you're still alive. Because I would have killed you and saved the ass. That's what God said. So God, this angel of the Lord, can appear to animals and not to men. That's interesting, isn't it? And then when the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah and her, her husband, the, or, or, to, I'm sorry, to Manoah and his wife, they made a sacrifice there. And what did the angel of the Lord do? When the fire lit to burn the sacrifice, the angel of the Lord went into the fire and ascended in the fire to heaven. And this is another characteristic of the angel of the Lord, fire. He's able to control fire. He's able to be in the fire. He's able to appear in fire and disappear in fire. We're going to see that in a, in a, in a few minutes. It's amazing all that the angel of the Lord can do. And as we saw in Acts chapter 5, the angel of the Lord was able to open prison gates. And he opens a prison door again in chapter, Acts chapter 12. And he was able to open the door, close the door, walk Peter out, and no one ever see either one of them. He had Superman's cloak of invisibility. So who is this? This angel of the Lord. Well, it's Jesus. Why do we believe it's Jesus? We're going to look through the first three or four appearances of the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. And we're going to identify the deity, the fact that the angel of the Lord is God, and then I want you to always think of this. The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. No man can see God and live. The, and what did the disciples say to Jesus? Show us the Father. And what did Jesus say? Have I been with you so long and still you don't know? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So when there's an appearance of God, it is always Jesus Christ. And so, let's see if we can make a connection of this angel of the Lord with deity and identify who that is. So, let's go to the first mention of the angel of the Lord in Genesis chapter 16. You know the principle of first mention? When something is first mentioned in the Bible, we get important information about that subject. Genesis chapter 16, look at verse 7. So remember what's happened. I've got to set up the background for you. Um, Sarah gave her handmaid to Abraham so that they could have a child. She didn't trust God. And then when she was with child, she hated Hagar. And she treated her horribly, so Hagar ran away. So now look at verse 7. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. 
And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the place that spake unto her. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her. Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore, the well was called Beer Lehiroi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his name, his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. Now, what happened in this that demonstrates the deity of this angel of the Lord? Look at verse 11. So it's the angel of the Lord, but look at what he says. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son. Why? Because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. The Lord hath heard. Then, verse 13, she calls him God. Then, and she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. So you know that whenever someone identifies an angel, is identified as God in the Bible, and that worshiped, if the angel is not God, the angel says, don't worship me. I'm not God. The angel did not do that here. Um, then, verse 10, what does the angel say? And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered. There's three ways this promise expresses the deity of the angel. It's the exact same promise made by the angel of the Lord to Abraham. So we're going to come back to Genesis 16, but look at Genesis 22 and verse 17. All right. God says that in blessing, I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven. So that's the, that's the same promise. But look at the first time God said that to him. Go to Genesis chapter 13. And verse 16. And I will make thy seed, this is God the Father speaking, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. So the angel of the Lord is speaking in the exact same way that God had spoken, again, demonstrating the deity of Christ. And then God makes the same promise again to Ishmael. Look at Genesis 21 and verse 13. Look at verse 12. And God said unto Abraham, you see it's God speaking? And God said unto Abraham, verse 13, and also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. So when the angel of the Lord says, I will make of him, I will multiply his seed, that's God speaking. So the angel of the Lord in Genesis 16 is clearly God. All right, now go to Genesis chapter 21. Again to Hagar. Look at verse 16. And she went 
and set her down over against him a good way off. You know, we need to drop down to verse 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman and all that Sarah hath said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off as it were a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted, lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven. See that, the angel of God called unto Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. All right? So now, let's look at this case, and let's see who this angel of God is. So God hears, and the angel speaks. God hears, and the angel speaks. Verse 17, And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called out, of, called out to Hagar. God hears, and the angel speaks. And then the angel speaks. Verse 18, Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation, and God opened her eyes. So this is the angel of God speaking, I will make of him a great nation, and then God opens her eyes, and then will increase the seed as we have already seen. What about with the sacrifice of Isaac? So remember, God had promised the son, he gives Abraham Isaac, and then he asks Isaac to sacrifice him to see if God will trust him. So they go up on Mount Moriah, look at verse 11. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 11. Verse 10, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him in a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So, what do we have here that demonstrates that this is God. So verse 12, verse 12, And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad who's speaking, the angel of the Lord, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. What are those next two words? From me. The angel of the Lord is God. The angel of the Lord is God. Um. God himself had commanded the sacrifice. Look at verse 2. 
So verse 1 is, is where he says it. But And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here, am, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son. So it's God saying this. God is saying it. And yet here in our text, it's the angel of the Lord saying it. So the angel of the Lord is God. God commended him also for not withholding. Look at verse 16. Verse 15, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. So it's the angel of the Lord speaking, and he's saying, I have sworn by myself, saith the Lord. So he's identifying himself as the angel of the Lord and as God. And then look at verse 18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Look at what it says, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Who's the voice of God? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus Christ. So who is the angel of the Lord? The angel of the Lord is God. Who is the God-man? Jesus Christ. So these are pre-incarnate, before Jesus came in the flesh, appearances of Jesus Christ. What about the second calling of Abraham? And again, verse 16 of chapter 22 and he said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. And then, let's just get one more. Go to Genesis chapter 31. Genesis chapter 31. Some of you are nodding off. If you look at the scriptures, you'll stay awake. Genesis chapter 31. Am I not supposed to notice that? Jeff Bradshaw's been having a hard time sleeping, and he told me he was going to be here today, and I said, well, that'll fix it. But he is awake back there, praise the Lord. Hey, isn't it good to see Jeff? Let's give Jeff a hand. I'm so glad that he's here with us today. We've been praying for him. He loves it when we point him out. I'm so glad he's back there. Okay, Genesis chapter 31, and look at verse 11. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob... And I said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes, and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring-straked, speckled, and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointedst the pillar, and where thou vowedst a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. All right? So this in this account, let's find again the deity of the angel of God. So he says, the angel of God spake unto me, and then the angel said, I am the God of Bethel. It's the same God. Then Jacob wrestling. Look at verse 24. And God came to Laban, the Syrian, in a dream by night and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, neither good or bad. Oh, I'm sorry. We're supposed to be in, go to Hosea. Hold your place here in Genesis 31. Go to Hosea. This is where we get the information about this. This is pretty cool. Hosea. Right after Daniel. Hosea chapter 12.
All right. So when you have Genesis, or when you have Hosea chapter twelve, hold that. Let's look back at Genesis thirty-two. Look at verse twenty-four. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. So hold this, hold Genesis 32, go back to Hosea chapter 12. And let's look at how God inspires these words to Hosea. Verse 2, Hosea chapter 12 and verse 2. The Lord hath also a controversy with Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways, according to his doings, will he recompense him. He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Yet he had power over, who's he say? The angel, and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. Look at what it says. Even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial. All right, so now go back with me to Genesis. So what do we have when we compare this? I hope you held Hosea there, but God wrestled with a man in Genesis 32, 24. This is said to be the angel in Hosea 12, 4, yet he had power with God in Hosea 12, 4. Hosea equates the angel with the Lord God of hosts. And then Jacob positively identified him as God. So when we look at this angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is always Jesus Christ. Always, always, always Jesus Christ. Is he always Jesus Christ in the New Testament? No. Some places the angel of the Lord is given a name. The angel of the Lord is given a name in the New Testament, and he calls him Gabriel. So in the passage, the angel that's speaking is Gabriel, not Jesus Christ. But in other places, especially after the ascension of Jesus Christ, it is Jesus Christ himself. And yet, there are some passages at the birth of Christ where you can't tell if it's the angel of the Lord or if it's Gabriel, the one announcing. So how would we solve that? Well, Jesus Christ himself said it. Only one person can ascend to heaven and come back down. And that's the Son of Man. And what does he say? Which is in heaven. Well, Jesus was in flesh on earth. And yet he said, which is in heaven at that moment. So could Jesus Christ be, could it be Jesus Christ who at the, some of those Christmas appearances where it doesn't identify it as Gabriel, could that be Jesus? It could. But let's go back to Acts chapter 5, and I want you to see this and we'll be done. 
Acts chapter 5, verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth, and said, Go stand and speak in the temple all the words of this life. What life? The life that only he could bring. John said, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When the the, the followers began leaving Jesus, and he looked at his apostles, and he said, will you also go away? Peter said, Lord, where would we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Who is it that let Peter out of jail? Jesus Christ himself. What had had Jesus said? I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isn't that wonderful? Is Jesus Christ with us today? Is he appearing as the angel of the Lord to us today? Not right now. And there's no promise that he will until he returns. Man, that mighty angel that's described, and I think it's Revelation. Yeah, I think it's Revelation 10. Let's look at it. I said we'd be done, but let's look at this and then we'll be done. Check this out. Revelation 10.1. So these angels are holding back the winds and these angels are doing things all through the tribulation. But there's a a distinct one identified here. Chapter 10 and verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. Man, can you imagine what the world thinks when they see that rainbow? How many of you think they're going to be sorry for what they've done with it? Man, I just watched a video of the Dove Awards, and they have, um, oh, what's her name? Some girl from American Idol. She's popular, Jordan Sparks, and claims to be some kind of a Christian. But the next time you see her, she's got, you know, all people equal and rainbow numbers and singing at LGBTQ events. And is that Christianity? I'm not saying she's not saved. I don't know whether she's saved or not, but I know that's not biblical Christianity. This is the proper use of the rainbow. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his feet was as it were the sun And his feet, I'm sorry, his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. I'm just telling you, this is Jesus. He's Lord of heaven and earth. And he's coming back. That's the Jesus that opened the gate. That's the Jesus that we worship. And if you want to understand how God worked in the Old Testament, understand the angel of the Lord. Because it's Jesus Christ. That's our Lord. That's our God. He didn't begin at Bethlehem. He didn't end at Calvary. He is our Savior. Amen? Let's all stand together. The most important thing, now if you're a guest with us, this is your first time with us, you need to know this is not a typical message for us. This was a Bible study. 
We're breaking down who is this angel of the Lord. And did we determine who the angel of the Lord is from the Bible? I think we allowed the Bible to define it. But the heartbeat behind Grace Baptist Church is we want to lead people to Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. He died on the cross because we are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Jesus Christ, the Bible says, tasted death for every man. He died for you. He died for me. And that if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you can be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's coming back. But if he doesn't come back, all of us will ultimately taste death. But after that, we'll either be with Jesus for eternity or we'll be separated from him forever in hell. I hope that you're born again. If you're not born again, I hope that today is the day of your salvation. And the rest of us, let's just worship Jesus. We're here to work just like the angels. We're created to serve him. We're created to worship him. And we're created to bring him pleasure. And the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Ghost. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Bring him pleasure. Amen? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, Trinity. Let's worship him. Let's serve him. Let's bring him pleasure.